0: down city show subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast google podcast or spotify
1: the touchdown city show is produced by anthony
0: lewis in partnership with hd media the charleston gazette mail get your touchdown city podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com The Touchdown City Show presented by Salengo Law. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church studio with Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey, and the GOAT Avon Coburn. This week we'll be talking West Virginia's loss at homecoming against the Texas Christian University Horn Frogs in front of 50,000 fans in Morgantown, 41 31. But it was much closer, actually, believe it or not, than the score indicates. But welcome into the Touchdown City Show, folks, gentlemen. How are you guys today?
2: I am fulfilled. I just had a wonderful uh Chipotle
3: bowl. Oh well. Must be nice. Yeah. Hope you had steak.
0: And chicken. Yeah. You know their hot sauce will um he, what's he, what's he, the proper way to say this on the radio? We'll sit you down.
3: He's doing fantastic <laughs> right now. In about three hours he's not gonna be doing so fantastic.
0: <laughs> I like I like Chipotle. But Chipotle. But, gentlemen, um, yeah, Halloween weekend. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat was my favorite when I was a kid.
3: I always loved trick or treat. Well, we're
0: going to get into that later, so let's hold off on the trick or treat talk. I'm
3: fat dude. I like my candy.
0: Yeah. I got I got some trick or treat and Halloween questions for you. But let's talk some Mountaineer football. West Virginia loses to the number seven team in the country yesterday. 41-31. Homecoming weekend. Um, first and foremost, your immediate reactions to the ball game. And then I'll tell you um, some of my uh, my thoughts.
2: Immediate reaction: I was disappointed because I don't know. I just believe in us. I believe that we got a fight in us that a lot of people don't have. A lot of a lot of universities don't have that are, you know, who in that in that mid range university we have a fight in us. Well, I thought we was gonna pull it out. I mean, I, it's hard. It's hard to go against, you know, your your soul, but. It, it still hurts.
3: I mean, it's always disappointing to lose, but there were a couple positives still in that game. I do feel like the the, the kids are playing hard. They're not quitting, which right. it's, it would be easy for them to just mail it in and just go out there and go through the motions like they did the previous week. But they responded well. I thought they played hard. Uh, and then both phases, I thought the offense was very good in the first half, and I thought the defense in the second half, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like it was in the first half. If they could have put that together to, for a full game, they might have won that game, which would have been a big surprise because I thought TCU would just walk in, score 50, and go on home with an easy win. Wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll, I'll admit it. I was wrong. They still covered. A lot of people probably enjoyed that last <laughs> touchdown to bet <laughs> yeah. TCU. Uh, yeah, that was for the gamblers. <laughs> that was, that for, the was for the gamblers. Oh, yes. Oh, hey, yes. Make sure you throw it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> throw it to the end zone. Throw it to the end zone. It was fourth down, too. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, um, of course, disappointing loss. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was happy to see, again, I'll echo what Derek said. Uh, the team didn't quit. This team didn't quit yesterday. They came out to play, um, you know, well, they, they said it was 50,000, right Right around 50,000 there, which means it was probably closer to 43,000, 44,000. Um, but the team didn't quit, and, and, and I'll even echo again what Derek said. It's just a shame they couldn't put together a full, complete game, first half, second half, offensively and defensively, if they could have just simply – uh, move the football a little bit in the second half, and even put up a few scores. They would have pulled that thing out yesterday. I also I also
3: want to touch on Sam James again. I know we've we've been very critical of him. I thought he was very good again yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he got open on a deep ball that was overthrown. If that would have been thrown like where it needed to be, he'd have probably had another nice big gain on that play as well. But he played well. I thought. I mean, and uh, he's he's very fast. I wish he could. I mean, if he keeps catching the ball, he's going to be. I mean, you know, that's a weapon you can add. But.
0: Yeah, offensively, um, offensive wise, I didn't know what to expect yesterday. Of course, I texted you before the game started. Said, "Hey, man, we're missing. We're going to be missing our tackles out. That's that's a killer." So I thought for sure we would not be able to run the football at all, um, just due to the fact that you had two running backs who one running your starter was out, and you had two banged up running backs coming in, and then. Donaldson comes in and puts up 100 yards on 12 carries. What what happened to him?
3: Did anybody ever hear anything on him? It, it said it was good. a lower leg injury. I said, I probably was an ankle. It looked like a, he was. It looked like it was an ankle injury. It looked I, like he broke it. That's what I thought. But I mean, it, when
2: during that play, it looked like he. I mean, it was a great cut he had. It, just, it was patient. He came through and and
3: I don't. It know. It just looked I, like a normal hit. I mean, it, it's the yeah. second time with him. It just looked like a normal hit, and he's came up.
0: I mean, and he got hurt earlier in the game. Yeah. It, this time he, this team is really banged up and mm-hmm. I, and it, it's never an excuse you know you always try to play that's with that next man that's what you're saying it for no you try to play with that next man up mentality but we don't have a lot of next man men yeah. sitting N- no so you've got to stay healthy for things to go right for West Virginia this year they needed to maintain a healthy roster and they're having some trouble right now keeping guys healthy
2: yeah it was <laughs> one of those i i, I don't I don't uh, that's coaching though like why why is why isn't it the fact that our next man up are not good enough. That's that's coaching that bothers me. Regardless, like we should it's be able. It's depth to, too. Yeah, I mean, but that's what you that's what you go to the to scholarships to the transfer portal for is depth, and we're just not getting it. Like that to me is like, and I was thinking about this and, and probably gonna talk about it, but we might not. The the Tennessee game, we beat Tennessee. What two years ago, right? Three oh, it's years been ago? it's
3: been a, it's been about three or four. four. Ways. I think it was an eighteen. I think it was eighteen or seventeen. Even
2: so, so you know, during that time, I think that was that was Dana's what last year or something like that. Right? It was yeah, it was around his. It was the yeah. end of his tenure, towards the end of his. Tenure. But I mean, you see how they turned it around? turned Tennessee, it
3: around. Well, see like, that's the thing. You beat Clemson seventy to thirty three. And right. Clemson wins two national titles. <laughs> right. Just a few years later, now you beat you beat Tennessee. What it was like forty one to thirteen? Yeah, it or was something. a spanking. And here they are, probably going to be ranked number one on Tuesday, right? And, I mean, it's
2: like where are we not catching that that whatever that is?
3: It, the, the lifeline of the program starts with recruiting. Any program, it's right. recruiting. You have to bring in the studs to to win at a high level and continue that level. And what you're saying about the next man up, I agree with that to an extent. Like, why is somebody not ready? But at the same time, if you look across the country, like the, the mid-tier Power Five teams, not the Alabamas, not the Georgias, like, if Tennessee's quarterback got hurt, they'd be in a world of trouble. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, because Joe Milton's their backup, and he played at Michigan, and he was terrible. He can't, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn at Michigan, and I've seen him play. He's not very good. If Hendon Hooker goes down, Tennessee will lose. They will lose, and they'll lose more than one game, and that's sad because the rest of their schedule is not very difficult. So, while I understand it is the next man up mentality – the next man up generally is not as good as the first man up. That's why that next man's up, the next man up is a backup. Yeah. But I do agree you have yeah. to develop the talent and have them prepared to play.
2: And and to me and and it's funny cuz today for never mind. Uh you're going to talk about it later, but it's just you have to make sure those guys, you got to you're going to spend some of your time to
3: make sure that those guys are ready. See, this is where I have a problem in the games like uh who was the the bad team they played? Thousand you put every single guy in there. Like, it, 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 I don't know what the score was after the first quarter, but in the second half, you put your second string in, your third string in, your and fourth string reps, in. You yeah, run them. They you run. I mean, that's what you have to do in games like that. You have to do that. I mean, next year there's another going to be another opportunity for that in game two. I don't even know who the team is. But you, you ha- that's how you build your program. Like, when teams are building up, when Alabama build, built their program with Saban, when he put his second team in, he didn't stop running his offense. They kept running their offense. And that's why, you know – They look very good when they come in. Now, granted, their second team's better than
0: most teams first, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia historically – and I'm just going to point at this. For years, Dana didn't do the right thing in recruiting. He thought he could recruit JUCOs and transfers. And realistically, Coach Nealon had it right. You you recruit Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, New Jersey, and then you start going outside of that for, like, speed – Where'd they go? They went to South Florida for speed. Mm -hmm. And that formula worked, but they've gone away from it, so there's an issue at West Virginia.
3: I still think, I still think, and I'll continue to say it, go to Ohio. Kentucky is building a decent program just from Ohio players. Just go to Ohio and get the people that Ohio State, Michigan, and those schools don't want.
0: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little about the coaching hot seat around the country, also the college football playoffs. We'll do all that on the Touchdown City Show. After this, the touchdown city show will be back right after this.
4: The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Solango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Solango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at Solangolaw.com.
0: It's our liquidation event at Todd Judy Ford.
1: We have just repriced 97 vehicles below market value for immediate liquidation.
0: We have cars, trucks, and SUVs in all price ranges available immediately.
1: And you can start the process right from your phone. Just go to our website or Facebook page to chat with our team.
0: We can send you a link to appraise your own trade using Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, and we can send you an application for financing.
1: And
2: financing is available for all credit types. Just go to ToddJudyFord.com and see for yourself.
1: Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank. West Virginia's bank. Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC.
0: Come out and cheer on the Mountaineers and support the Sugar Bowl Foundation on Saturday, November 5th at Buffalo Wild Wings at Nitro Marketplace. You can bid on autographed items from Pat White, Owen Schmidt, Don Nealon, and other WBU greats. Come out and meet and greet two Consensus All-Americans of WVU greats, Darius Stills, and Grant Wiley. Proceeds from this event will support the Sugar Bowl Foundation's Christmas visit to the Davis Child Shelter and for the Cross Lanes YMCA.
4: This is Grant Wiley. For more information, visit sugarbowlfoundation.org.
0: Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Hey, welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Salango Law. Thank you guys for... Alan in the show this week, and um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the college football playoff, which we'll do here in a second. But I went to, was it coachinghotseat.com or whatever Man, that, that guy is always puts out some speculation? You know, so I, I was just curious because, you know, it's of course every time West Virginia loses, the conversation starts. Where do you think, well, Derek, you already know, I know Michael you guys can and take a Avon, guess. Where, where do you think Coach Brown? is on this list of 30 coaches. He's got to be up there. I would imagine
2: five. I think I heard three or four.
0: He's actually on this list, 23rd. Oh, wow. There's some scorching seats going on, guys. (laughs) Wow. It's (laughs) not just, not just from hemorrhoids.
3: What am I missing? Well, I mean, I'll go ahead. I know some of them because, obviously, Auburn's coach, they're just waiting. It's any day now. Texas AM, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo. He's up there. I think it's South Florida's coach. Is that Jeff Collins? He's up no. there. David Shaw is probably going to be way up there. Uh, California's coach, his name's Wilcox. He's going to be way up there. Um, Oh, well, let me
0: let me give you this list. And <laughs> you yeah, I he's... don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name at Navy. Uh, the...
3: Neomala Talalo or something yeah, like I'm that. I'm not
0: good with my Polynesian name, Yes, so I he... apologize. But he's listed fifth here. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern's fourth. Jimbo's number three, which I'm shocked he's that high. Not... I mean, it's not that he's not winning, but I get it. Okay, so then um, Harson at Alabama and Jeff Scott at South Florida is number one. Uh, some other names on here: Ven- uh, Venable's at Oklahoma's tenth.
2: Wow.
3: See, I don't, I don't. Uh, that's why I don't, I don't buy that list completely because these guys that are in their first year. While I think their seat, like his seat's probably a little bit warm. You can't lose forty nine nothing Texas. Nothing's gonna happen to him. He's not going anywhere after one year. Now he's righted it a little bit. They're five and three.
0: Well, Jake Spavato's on here at twenty one.
3: I thought he'd be higher.
0: because yeah.
3: they've been bad in his tenure. He's in like his fourth or fifth year. They're not very where's good. At Sp- all. Where's Spavita? He's at? at Texas State.
0: State. The, are they the Armadillos? They should be. They should be. Uh, Some other names on here that you might recognize. Butch Jones at Arkansas State. Uh, Cristobal at Miami after year one. They have him listed at seven. Now, I don't think it's a firing list. I think it's just a hot seat. And see, to me,
3: like the the Cristobal being on there. That dude's recruiting class is coming in as fantastic. They're not going to fire him after one year. His seat might be a little bit warm because you can't lose to Duke, and they do look like complete trash right now. What is dumpster juice? They look like dumpster juice right now. I mean, they look really bad, but, uh, you know, they're not going to fire him after one year. Like the coaches that are on the verge of being fired, in my opinion, are guys in the third, fourth, and fifth year that haven't accomplished anything. And, unfortunately, that's where Neil Brown
0: falls. Yeah, he's in the fourth year with a losing record and then if you take away the fbs schools he's got a really bad record it's, at west virginia it's not, so yeah it's not good uh moving on let's talk a little bit about the college football playoff who's in who's out um right now 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 you got to think ahead a little bit don't just look at the ap because the ap's out but looking ahead who do you have in your four out michael i'm gonna throw this over to you 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 have your Top four. I, I, I think
4: because of their offense, Ohio State is number one right now to me with Marvin Harrison with Jackson Smith in Jigba. Uh, number two is Tennessee. They've got the resume. They've been on a roll. That three, four spots uh, a little bit tricky. Uh, I'd say Georgia three right now. Number four, uh, you guys kind of put me on the spot here. I haven't had too much time to think about it. Um, you got to go with the undefeated squads. Clemson number four. All right. If, if I'm
3: ranking them current right now on what I think it's going to be, Tennessee's going to be one, Georgia's going to be two, Ohio State's going to be three. I think Michigan's going to be four. What I think it'll end up being is I think it's going to be Georgia one, I think it's going to be Ohio State two, I think it's going to be Alabama three, and I, or, I'm sorry, not Alabama three, I think it's going to be Georgia one, Ohio State two, um, Clemson three, and TCU four.
2: Wow. So, definitely not that. It's going to be Tennessee number one, um ohio state number two um clemson number three and to go i mean i i, I want to this is my heart i'm not i'm not they shouldn't be but i'm gonna go with tcu at, at four because i want to put some big twelve. i, I mean big 12 I, I mean,
3: if tcu if tcu this is just based on what we're seeing right now now like it, there's still tons of games left if tcu finishes 13 to nine They're going to the playoff. They have to. They're in the playoff. It doesn't matter. TCU just continues to win. They're in the playoff. If Clemson continues to win, they're in the playoff. The winner of Michigan and Ohio State, if they win the Big Ten, they're probably going to be in the playoff. And then the winner of the SEC will probably be in the playoff unless there's an upset somewhere that's very unexpected, like if LSU were to beat Alabama. And then Alabama would go on and win the conference. Still, <clears throat> Or something it's, crazy like Auburn. Yeah, or something. it could
0: be nuts. But I, well that was my going to be my question: What if Michigan beats Ohio State? Does Ohio State still get in?
3: Well, see, that's the that's the million dollar question right now. You could have Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama yeah, all sitting there at the say. end of the year, one
4: loss.
0: Here is the thing: Georgia, or I am sorry, yeah, Georgia and Tennessee still have to play. That's right. Saturday they play next week. They play yeah. Saturday, so they're going to one of them are going to eliminate each other, and then I think if if Alabama loses another game. They're done. Right. No matter what, they're going to try to put Alabama in this thing. That's but, how it always but, is. So it's really Georgia. It's it's going to come down to Saturday. For me, Tennessee and Georgia, they're playing for a spot in the Final Four.
3: I said at the beginning of the year, I had Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama as the Final Four. I said that could that could be very realistic at the beginning of the year. And we're sitting there, and it still could be that. Now, here's a question I got. What do you do with Oregon if they finish 12-1 and and have a 49-3 to loss to Georgia? What do you do with them if they're like if they're sitting there at twelve and one with these other
0: schools that are say two lost teams? Well, I don't think I don't know if there is going to be really any two lost teams that are going to be have, have a right to go in. I mean, it's really for me, it's going to come down to what Georgia and Tennessee do to each that, that's, other. Yes, and then on because the, then Georgia, the winner of Georgia Tennessee is probably going to play Alabama in the, in the SEC championship. Ten,
3: Tennessee's a ten point underdog.
0: Doesn't surprise me. Listen, Georgia. think Georgia's, Georgia's good. good.
3: I think Georgia's the best team in the country. Right, they,
2: their offense is stank. Their offense was not very good yesterday.
3: They, 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 but the thing is, what gets didn't they, they roll still? They they scored forty two points. They they were up twenty eight three at half. Florida made a nice little third quarter comeback, and then as soon as they got to twenty eight twenty, Georgia went right down the field and scored. The thing with Georgia that impresses me the most is they can. They aren't finesse. They run the ball down your throat if they want to, but they also have that tight end that is unguardable. Bowers that is, is that is, is the only weapon that they that, have. Though, but, but well, the thing is, they got the offensive line. And that's why they can run the ball. But the tight end, it's unbelievable. He's, he's
2: he is a, um, but he's the only weapon. That's but, why I, that's why I know they're gonna lose this game because any you, type of coach is gonna be like. We're going triple team this guy. They're they? playing. They're playing in, in Athens. Oh, yeah. I think,
3: Georgia, I, think, I think Georgia. I think Georgia. Is gonna I think Georgia's going to blast Tennessee. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't not blast them. I shouldn't say that. I think Tennessee. I think Georgia covers.
0: And one of the thing, one of the teams that people because there's so the the SEC and the Big Ten are so good this year. I Only heard who mentioned Clemson.
3: I, I said Clemson. I had okay. Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, yeah. I, had I mean
0: third. They're still you know they're still kind of partying there at the fourth.
3: Watch out though. They're at Notre Dame Saturday night. They're only three and a half point favorites. Watch out. Notre Dame's won 26 in a row against ACC outside of of the playoff, like the 26 regular season games in a row. That tells me the ACC stinks. All right. We're
0: going to take a break. When we come back, Michael Sussman will have a report from the locker room in Morgantown. We'll do all that after this. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this.
2: Hey guys, it's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're gonna be a dad? What? No, it's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. <laughs> You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday, only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size, exclusions apply, delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app, may apply.
4: At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So, whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender.
0: Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show.
4: Hello, it's Michael Sussman here with this week's Touchdown City Recap brought to you by Solango Law. The West Virginia Mountaineers dropped a hard fought battle in Milan Pushgar Stadium Saturday, falling to the seventh ranked TCU Horned Frogs 41 to 31.
1: Here's what head coach Neil Brown had to say after the loss. Extremely hurt locker room. You know, I thought our guys uh, really competed. They played their tails off, played the game the right way. You know, I think some people questioned that. Um, late in the game the last week. There's no question in that today. I'm proud of how they played. We're based on outcomes. I get that. Outcome wasn't what we wanted, but I'm proud with how they play. And people can be upset with me. I'm fine. But they can't question how those guys played today. Um, we just didn't make enough plays in the second half offensively. And, and that's the side that we've, that we've really depended on all year, and we just didn't come through in that game. And that's a good football team. Credit, credit Sonny. Credit uh, that team. They found a way. Um, but we gave them everything they wanted and had chances to win a game. WVU grabbed a 14-7 lead early in the second
4: quarter behind a pair of short rushing touchdowns from C.J. Donaldson. Despite having limited backfield options available, West Virginia ran for 155 yards in the game
1: as Donaldson led the way with 104. Our running back room was beat up. You know, Justin and CJ practiced a little bit this week, but not a whole lot. They come in, CJ gets hurt. He got, he got hurt bad in, in the second half. Justin, who's beat up coming in the game, um, is not playing full speed. We ran the ball better against them in the first half than anybody that they have played this year. Okay, and schematically, we did some things differently than what we've shown on film. So we had some good answers for them. And then they basically in the second half played an eight man box and and changed the front for really the first time all year.
4: TCU's offense got rolling in the second quarter, scoring three touchdowns to move ahead 28 to 21 at the break. TCU hit a pair of explosive pass plays downfield for touchdowns in the first half as Max Duggan connected with Tay Barber for a 72 yard strike and found a star wideout Quentin Johnston in the end zone from 55.
1: That, that's that's where they're a challenge offensively is the quarterback's big and strong and fast, so there's a dual threat there and number one's a legit you know, he's a dude and and we let um eighteen had a big three big plays against two big really big plays against us, you know, and he's long. He hadn't made those type of plays until you know, really until uh today. And coming out of the locker room, the Mountaineer defense would bow its neck holding TCU scoreless in the third quarter. But we were more aggressive. More aggressive. You know, we won, we won a bunch of one-on-ones. We pressured them more than they were probably expecting. I'm proud of those guys. I thought they made plays. They, they went down, and, and they were challenged all week, and, and I thought they, they came to play in the second half. But in the second half, we came out, and we just – then we blitzed more than we've been blitzing, played more man coverage than we have, and they hit us on some plays. You know, but we also made some plays. You know, more TFLs. That looked like more like the way we've played defense here in the past.
4: Unfortunately for West Virginia, TCU's D would step up as well, stymieing the Mountaineers twice in the red zone. West Virginia missed a golden opportunity at the 5-10 mark in the third quarter when the Ears turned it over on downs inside the Horn Frog 5. It was an ill-inspiring sequence as WVU missed back-to-back low-percentage fade routes in each corner of the end zone. Here's what WVU wideout Sam James had to say about it.
2: I mean, he believes in us, you know, to go for it and make that play. I mean, I'm 100% behind him. If he made, he believed in us to go out there and execute, I'm behind him for calling it.
4: That being said, Neil Brown wanted to pass interference on the fourth down play.
1: And pass interference, if somebody can can tell me what that is, let me know. Let me know. Because if that's not pass interference, I don't know what it is. You know, and and I just, I, I don't know. Like, if our kid doesn't have a chance to make a play, it's got to be pass interference. Um, the third down was supposed to be a run. Yeah, the third down was supposed to be a run.
4: Following a TCU field goal, the Mountaineers would draw within three late in the fourth quarter behind an acrobatic twenty-nine yard touchdown snag from Reese Smith.
3: Smith.
0: Somehow holds on
4: for the touchdown. That's ESPN's Bob Washusen on the call. That would be the last highlight moment for West Virginia as TCU tacked on seven more in the waning moments to head back to Fort Worth with a 41 to 31 win and a perfect eight and and0 record. TCU head coach Sonny Dykes post game.
1: Uh, good to get a win. That was, uh, you know, when that game was on the schedule to begin the year. I think all of us knew that was going to be a tough one and a grinder, and uh, we were fortunate to win today. I think uh, part of.
4: You know, getting on and run like we're on right now is you have to win some games. You probably don't play your best. We're um, certainly going to have to play better. Again, you got to give West Virginia a ton of credit. They played with a ton of energy in the first half. thought they played really hard. You know, I think in a lot of ways probably outplayed us in the first half. And, and the Mountaineers will hope to avoid dropping their third straight this Saturday against the Iowa State Cyclones and Ames. Here's Sam James on the team's attitude moving forward. We left a couple plays out that, that we should have made, you know, minor
2: errors, mental errors. But, you know, we always got next week, you know, to come back and fix it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we're kind of frustrated because, you know, we went out there and fought, you know, against the number, what, seven, went out and fought a game that we should have won, honestly. But we went out there and fought, and, you know, we didn't get the outcome that we wanted.
4: So, you know, the level was kind of high. Thanks for listening. This has been Michael Sussman with this week's Touchdown City Game Recap brought to you by Salango Law. Tune in next week as Touchdown City brings you a recap of WVU's clash in Ames versus the Iowa State Cyclones.
1: The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this.
4: at bestmastertailor.com. You've been in an accident, it's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices, when you need justice, Bobby
0: Warner. Now's the time. Call three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine.
4: Where do you go to buy your sports memorabilia? Hmm.
0: Your answer needs to be Sports
4: Fans in Taze Valley. Sports Fans has WVU and Marshall shirts, hats, autographed merchandise, gifts, and more. NBA, MLB, NFL, and other NCAA teams. Shop in-store at Liberty Square in Taze Valley and online at Sports with an S, fans with a Z, wv.com. Sports
0: fans, the Canal Valley source for all things sports. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Selengo Law. It is Halloween weekend in the the Mountain State, and uh, I thought we would have a little fun in this segment. Since the football team is hard to talk about, I thought we would have a little (laughs) bit of fun. Uh, for this segment. So first let's talk let me I wanna go around the horn here. What's what's your favorite horror film, your favorite scary movie? I don't
2: have it. I don't do that at all. <laughs> I don't do scary movies I don't like to be scary. I
3: don't either, but I don't know I don't I don't know. I mean like see those like slasher movies are stupid to me. They're not really scary. Like I like the suspenseful ones.
4: Yeah, it's not really my cup of tea either. I'd have to go <laughs> I, <I'd> have, <laughs> If I were to pick one, it would be The Shining. Jack Nicholson, and that is just so. If ten, there was some guy out
0: outside right now outside this window, you guys would probably soil your no, pants. No, it's
3: not even that. It's just like I just I think those movies, like like the movies that are considered quote scary, I think they're more stupid than scary. Like yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, we've we, we're on Halloween forty nine now, and he still ain't dead.
0: He's dead now. If you saw he's, the new one, well, he's been chasing for the he's, been,
3: he's been chasing the same woman for forty three years, and she finally killed him. That's yeah. just basically what it boils down to.
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, um, so I, I. I'm, when I was a kid, my dad used to show me horror films all the yeah. time. So I, I grew up on zombie films. Okay. So I, so I remember watching the very first, like, Night of the Living Dead, the black and white one. Oh, and good. to me, that one is scarier than any of the newer stuff just because it was so weird and freaky yeah. in black and white. But um, So I kind of grew up on that stuff, that Day of the Dead, you know, all those zombie films. And then, of course, I'm an 80s kid, so then here came all the Friday the 13th yeah, and were... the Halloweens and the Freddy's and yeah. that type of stuff. So... I don't know. I kind of grew up on it. I don't find it um, scary, and uh, but I, some of the movies though that I didn't like were like I don't like um, anything that's torturing. Like I don't like the Saw Host- films. Uh, Hostile. I didn't. I couldn't get in. I couldn't I even do bring that. myself to watch that.
3: Man, they like cutting people up in it and stuff. Like that's just. I mean, t- see, that's not like scary to me. That's just like. I don't even know. That's barbaric. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> that's, too real. That's, yeah, that's you know, yeah.
0: I know there's not somebody coming to get me in my dreams, but I know there's some idiot down the street that could chop me up in his basement. <laughs> we so. had
3: we had one from Charleston actually do that didn't we? <laughs> yeah.
0: So growing up, let me ask you this: What were some of your favorite like Halloween memories? I mean, like trick or treating. Did you guys ever? Did you guys like? I used to go trick or treating every year with my dad. Dad, and your brothers.
3: I, yeah. Well, no, just my dad. And my. Bro- they were Alan older, was yeah. a little bit older than me. Todd, Todd was, he would go every now and then, not very much, but I mean, I love to go with my dad. We'd go every year for the full two hours. I love trick-or-treating.
0: I was a big fan um, until the year I got bit in the rear end by a Doberman or a German Shepherd. <laughs> I went, so I was trick-or-treating. I got ahead of the group and I went into a yard, you know, they always say don't knock on the doors without the lights on. Yeah. And I went into the yard. I had a, like this, Luke Skywalker. Remember the old school oh, Halloween? Yeah. The, the plastic,
3: rip. the plastic things tied in the bag. Oh, yeah.
0: He, that dog bit a hole right <laughs> through the rear end of my costume, man. And of course, that dude was scared to death. I, my parents were going to sue, sue him, but uh, it was totally my fault. I should have never went into his yard.
2: Yeah, one of, so my, so tonight is the 30th. It's the 30th, which is my dad's birthday, which is in Jersey, what we call Mystery Night, which is mischief night everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> we call it Mystery Night in Jersey. And, this was probably my favorite night, uh, because we would just go out and just do dumb stuff, throw eggs at people and um, which is terrible, but
0: I I I, I <laughs> you're, kinda, that, you're that guy.
2: I was that kid that I was that kid that just liked to go and hit people with eggs and, and Halloween just wasn't a wasn't a thing that I did. But I, I was
3: I was a little tormentor back in the if day. If somebody's gonna hand me a Reese's cup, I'm going knocking on that door. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. I'm gonna I mean, on that door. And that was another thing. When you go when you go and they
2: give you those little those little uh uh, I don't know what they call. It. They twist up and they got the little circle thing. I hated those. Like, give me a Reese's and a Snickers.
3: Yeah, the, I know what you're talking about. In the orange and the uh, it was in the
2: orange.
0: And the black Those things. The stuff that'll pull the filling out of yeah. your
3: teeth.
2: I'm like, get out of here.
3: Go Reese's cup or go home. I right. Want Reese's,
2: Reese's or Snickers, and and that's it. I became. I really became a, a, a Butterfinger guy. Not. Butterfinger, I love
0: Butterfinger. Butterfingers too. Not
3: Butterfingers. Um,
2: what are they call? Well, think- no, never mind. Don't worry about.
0: It. All right, let's let's bring it back around to the sports side. Who's the scariest football, college football team that you remember in your modern history? When you talk about scary units, football teams, when you through the history of watching the sport, who is it for you?
3: I got no doubt. The 1995 Nebraska Cornhuskers were the greatest football team. I, I people talk about those Southern Cal teams and the LSU team. The ninety-five Nebraska team would roll out there, and they would run for three hundred yards against both of those teams. It wouldn't be a contest. They would beat them physically into the ground. I don't. They didn't play a game. I don't think. I think the closest game they played might have been twenty-one points. That's the best team I've ever seen. They wasn't even close.
2: Scariest team I, I've 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 watched was I, I can't I don't know the actual year, but whenever um uh work done was at um Florida State that was ninety-three. I, I thought was, I was going to say ninety-three, but. That defense, I think they had uh, Derek Brooks, and they just yep. they just was hitting people, and you know just dancing around them. I, I was I was like, I don't know how
3: anybody does that. There, there was a point. You're probably a little young for those guys. There was a point in time in like the late '90s that uh, Bobby Bowden's Florida State teams he would go for it basically at the 50 yard line, and because the defense would was just so, like he, they would end up punting from their own 40 if they didn't get it, because they would just Andre Wadsworth and Peter Bulware were on that team. They'd sack quarterback three down, or well, they'd stop a run for a loss. Sack sack quarterback twice, then they'd force the punt. Florida State get the ball go down, score. I mean, those teams were good, but that Nebraska team, I mean, they smashed
2: people. Yeah, but but that that those Florida Florida State State teams were good too. I was I was scared. I I was I'm like, man, I hope I never have to play against those guys.
3: Imagine Florida State and Miami play Saturday night, and no one's even going to talk about it
0: yeah if since you brought up nebraska i would go with I, I, they would that would be my one yeah oh. um for sure um but if i was going to put a two it would probably be the 01 miami Hurricanes.
3: i was gonna say the 01 miami hurricanes were really good too they had yeah i, I ran for a buck on them so that they wasn't that
2: <laughs> I, I put, <laughs> what did what did uh shady mccoy said crazy work yeah i they, gave them crazy work what, was, think, the, what was the final score I don't know, but I gave them <laughs> crazy work. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I uh, 01, I think I did like 130. I ran over Ed Reed. I mean, it was it was Let's uh, get, No no big deal. Just yeah. run over Ed Reed real quick. Whatever.
4: Yeah, crazy <laughs> who who work. do you think it is? You're younger than us. Uh, well, yeah, definitely it's scaled a little bit differently. I think the team that Les Miles brought into Morgantown, uh, the college game day game mm-hmm. with Dana Holgerson, the team that made it to the national championship and lost to Alabama. That was one of the scariest teams I've seen in person just because of how stacked they were on defense tyron matthew dropped out of the sky picked off geno on the one and then we think we're getting back in the game and then morris claiborne a starter for the dallas cowboys houses it that team was pretty loaded
3: i have an issue with alabama or lsu not getting half of that national championship that year that was when you could still split the national championship that lsu team finished the regular season as sec champions and they won at alabama they won they beat oregon they beat west virginia and they beat Georgia. Georgia won the SEC East. West Virginia won the Big East in the Orange Bowl. Oregon won the Pac twelve in the Rose Bowl. And then Alabama won the national championship. I have an issue with you not giving them half of that title because they went into Tuscaloosa and won. Now granted it was the most boring game I've ever watched, like nine to six, I think, in overtime. But uh yeah, that was a really good that was a really good defensive unit. They had a defensive lineman too on that it was Sam Montgomery or something like that. He was a monster. I just
4: remember when they ran down the field on the first kickoff. It was like, <laughs> yeah. okay. These guys are different. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they all they all was down there oh, at yeah. the twenty Uh-oh. at the same time. That's, Man, that's terrible.
0: M- no flag if, on the play. There's if, not fifteen guys out here. If Matthew doesn't
3: get whatever happened, I think it was maybe a marijuana charge or something. I don't remember. I you know I don't remember if he doesn't have that, he might win the Heisman because he was fantastic that year. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I still have to go back to that 01 Miami team. I remember when they were in Morgantown in 2000. I worked up in the press box, and I said, I have to go down. I want to go down and see these guys in person. The wide receiving core came Andre out.
3: Andre Johnson looked like a dude.
0: <laughs> I didn't play that game. I was
2: actually hurt. And and that's the – I mean, you as a player, you want to play in that game because you know everybody's looking at that team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to go out and just – and I and I and every game I played against them, except my first year, my first year I didn't play. It was my first game in Miami. I was kind of – that. any time in Miami I was kind of scared, so.
0: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're just going to go through the sports sports headlines, and we'll do all that after this. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this.
4: Foundation problems don't get better with time. They don't get less expensive to fix either. They get worse, slowly but surely, as the years pass. But at some point, no matter how much you wish or pray or ignore them, they need to be dealt with.
1: But there is a solution,
4: because foundation problems don't get better with time, but they do get better with
3: us. Visit alfredhomesolutions.com and schedule a free estimate today.
0: Come out and cheer on the Mountaineers and support the Sugar Bowl Foundation on Saturday, November 5th at Buffalo Wild Wings at Nitro Marketplace. You can bid on autographed items from Pat White, Owen Schmidt, Don Nealon, and other WBU greats. Come out and meet and greet two Consensus All-Americans of WVU greats, Darius Stills and Grant Wiley. Proceeds from this event will support the Sugar Bowl Foundation's Christmas visit to the Davis Child Shelter and for the Cross Lanes YMCA.
4: This is Grant Wiley. For more information,
0: visit sugarbowlfoundation.org. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Presented by Selengo Law. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, swing by your favorite podcast platform and follow us. Leave a review for the radio listeners. Head over to Touchdown City and follow any of the favorite any of your favorite platforms over there. It's touchdowncity.com. And also don't forget if you like sports memorabilia, head over and check out our friends at SportsFanswv.com, wv.com, sports with an S, fans with a Z, dot com. Use our promo code, TDC10, and you'll get a 10% discount. All right, Michael, what do you have for us this week? All right, Dante
4: Stills becomes the TFL king at West Virginia, passing some of the all-time greats, Grant Wiley, Daryl Talley on that list. Stills has just been so consistent over the last few years, even if he hasn't been the star guy per se. Put his career in a little bit of perspective. How good has he been?
3: I'm not sure how good I would put his career because he's been on some bad teams. I mean, he's he's fantastic. He's a great player, and they double-team him to death. So he's been, he's been as advertised, really. I still am not sure he's as good as Darius, but I would still put him—I mean, obviously, he's probably— Top top ten all time defense at WVU easily mm-hmm. yeah
2: definitely top ten I mean he's number one in, in TFLs I mean I, again I, I would I mean I play I play with G Wiles and he was absolutely fantastic so um, I would definitely have to put him behind his dad G Stills which is a, a, the goat to me um, but again like you said I say top five
0: yeah he's had a great career I mean you just go down this list here you pass Wiley Julian Miller Dirty Davis Cal Caden Daryl Talley, David Upchurch for tackle for, for tackles for losses, the only thing my only issue with it is is this fifth year stuff. Like, uh,
3: that's exactly. That's my it's, only yeah. issue.
0: But he's still one of the all time great defensive linemen. Oh, he is. He absolutely. Get, when he he gets in the backfield, he gets guys when they're not double and triple. Well,
3: teaming. there was a there was a guy back in the early nineties too. Played for the Saints, uh, Ronaldo Turnbull. Yeah. Didn't he leave after his junior year? And he was
0: awesome. Yeah. He was a stud. Turnbull's a first round draft pick. Yeah, he was. He was a, a he was a monster. <laughs> All right, so here's one thing I want to th- throw in, and I've, I know I've got it listed wrong here, Michael. So I apologize for jumping in here. But before we came in, there was breaking news with the new TV deal, and I had text Derek and asked him to take a look at it. So let's go through that real quick.
3: Yeah, there's a the TV deal came in, and it's a two point two eight billion dollars, I believe, is what it is, and it starts in twenty four twenty five when Oklahoma and Texas leave the conference. Uh, It'll be split between the 12 teams. ESPN has 60% of the inventory, but Fox picks up some basketball, which if you're a basketball fan, I'm sure you are. Most people are both. Uh, you get Gus Johnson to announce some games now. With Gus, WU's is and and Gus is And Gus is fantastic. Yeah, he'll, so he might be doing some WVU games in the near future. Uh, and eventually the contract runs out in 2031, and... And it's after the Big Ten's newest contract, but before the SEC and the ACC contract, which also is favorable in my opinion to the Big Twelve. Uh, but you know, the, it's it's very good, and it takes the teams. I believe it said from twenty-two million a team to thirty-one million a team, Jeez. and you're sharing between twelve teams too, right. because you know they the new teams too. are coming in. So it's a it's a pretty good deal. It seems, uh, you know, obviously it makes sense. I don't know. I'm guessing ESPN Plus will still be streaming games, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But since they own 60% of the inventory,
0: you know, you're going to have to deal with that. You know, considering you're losing two big brands. that's And you're gaining money. You're gaining money. And people, it's not it's the total opposite of what happened the Big East. When Miami and Virginia Tech left, the sky was falling, and everybody thought nobody wanted to touch the other schools, and it's the total opposite here. Well,
3: one thing about Miami and Virginia Tech leaving, and I know it's hard to say the Big East wasn't a good basketball conference. Obviously, football makes the money here. But when you look at that Big 12 basketball conference, the last three NCAA tournaments, Texas Tech was runner-up, Baylor's your national champion, Kansas is your national champion. You're adding Houston, which was a Final Four participant not too long ago. Uh, You know, BYU's a decent basketball program. Cincinnati Cincinnati has some good basketball history. And then, I mean, that's the best basketball conference. So it might be more basketball-driven than football, although football is king, but it still helps. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely.
4: And then going to the hoop side of things, the Mountaineers were in action against Bowling Green in a scrimmage. Your typical Mountaineer stat line from three just 21%, but we saw some good things. All in all, how are we
0: feeling about the hardwood? So this looks like a typical Bob Huggins team. They can shoot now, though. No, they did not shoot well the other night. They shot 37% from the field, 21 for three. But play great, get great defense and rebounded the hell out of the basketball. So he's it's got a, typical a press. Bobby.
3: He's got a press. Put the press on, coach. Please put the press on for everybody. Make, you want to
0: make the game ugly anyway? Put the press on and make it ugly. I don't care. Just win. No, no, and I will defend this. Defend it. And I'm going to put this out early. It's going to take some time for these guys to gel because this is a brand new and roster. Trey Mitchell didn't play. Which Trey
3: Mitchell's supposed to be a really good player. He didn't play. Yeah, from Texas. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't play. And also, there is a transfer deciding today from Manhattan. He's he was their leading scorer. Now he's probably he's twenty five percent from three last year, but he averaged like eighteen points, four assists, and three rebounds. And he's from New York. That helps in my opinion because those New York kids, he's from Manhattan. Those kids are generally tough, and that's what Huggins wants is tough kids. So if he chooses WVU, he may be able to step right in and fill a
0: role as well. Is he gonna come this year?
3: If, if he's immediately I mean, what he be eligible? Come he, semester. He, he could come at the semester, he'd be yeah. em-
4: eligible immediately in January. I mean so Wow. I loved everything about the Press Virginia era, but it worked a lot better with Javon Carter at the head of it. That's the key, <laughs> yeah. and he's starting from the Milwaukee Bucks right now—a serious championship contender.
0: You, let me say this about you: talk about a Bob Huggins guy.
3: That's a Bob Huggins guy, and I Absolutely. wish we could. I Gritty. wish we had ten of them.
0: If you had ten of them, you'd win the national title every no, year. He's
2: too little.
3: Well, but I mean, 10, I know one, what you mean. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. That mentality, that mentality <laughs> that, is everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, this—that's a West Virginia kid. Yeah, that's you know. that's yeah. a kid
3: that came in and he worked his butt off. The only thing I can remember, I do remember one funny thing about him. Remember when he threw that behind-the-back pass? They benched him for the rest of the game. He turned it over. He threw it behind his back against, I believe it was Virginia. He threw a pass behind his back, turned oh, the ball hugs, over, Huggins yes. took him out and didn't put him back in. I was like, oh, I feel like man. it was like an early December it was game. His, it was, and it was like his junior, his freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. He never did
0: it again. <laughs> well, there you go. He learned his lesson. Well, let's guys. Let's get into it. West Virginia travels to Iowa State. I was going to say Ohio State. I was like, oh lord, if they travel to Ohio State, <laughs> our secondary. Not even... Oh
3: god, <laughs> Marvin Harrison junior will go twenty for six hundred six touchdowns. <laughs> the good thing is
0: they're going to aim. So it's Iowa State, West Virginia, three thirty, ESPN Plus. Um, guys, let's go around the horn here, Michael. I'll start with you. What do you think, buddy?
4: Iowa State's been really solid defensively this year, not much on the other side of the football. The trend of the Neil Brown era has kind of been close loss, close loss, surprising win, lay an egg. So we're going to be in this football game. Do we make enough plays down the stretch? It's hard to tell with this group. I think the Mountaineers are going to scratch out a win on the road to cool off that seat for another week going into the letdown the following week. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, I, I, I'm just going to stick with my guns. He can't win on the road. I'm picking Iowa State. I th- it's going to be a good game. I, he, they can't score. They do struggle to score. But will our offense or will our defense be able to slow them down? <laughs> Hutchinson's going to have a field day on that secondary. Let's just go ahead and get ready for that. They have a receiver named Hutchinson, and he's got like 80 catches. They ha- he has the most uh, catches of anybody in the country, I think. He, well, the quarterback receiver combo, it's the highest. But I think he'll have a field day on our secondary. I think it'll be a good ball game. I think it's going to be close. And I'm going to take Iowa State 27, West Virginia 24. Oh, So I'm I got
2: I got, an, I got an ally in here. So, Sussie, I, I love you for that. And, and let me explain to you why we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game just because of what, what Sussie said. There are up – there's – you know, we, we get a big win. We go down. we You know, we lose again. But then we win again. So this is our win week. And then on top of that, Anthony has his – uh, a Sugar Bowl Foundation game Which we always lose But we can't lose it this week Because this is our win week So, you know, it, it is going to be what it is We're going to win this game It's going 30,
0: to be 33-28 Well, historically If we get to 31, we win So, uh, West Virginia I'm going to say West Virginia drops one again I'm just not feeling it um, On the road And And honestly, I'm right there with you The issue is it's on the road and for some reason this team does not perform well on the road. So I'm going, I'm going Iowa state. I hate to say it. um, And hopefully, you know, maybe I'll even put some money on it so West Virginia will shock me and win. You know, if you You bet, bet
3: if you bet, you feel better about it because
0: you you win money. Yeah. (laughs) So, and also too, uh, like Avon said, next weekend, we're going to be having our event at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Nitro Marketplace. Two of the all-time greats, Darius Stills, Grant Wiley—they're coming down. Avon will be in the house. Uh, just spent the morning working on some of that stuff, so you can check all that information out at uh, SugarBowlFoundation.com. All the pro—all the proceeds will go towards our um, annual Christmas visit to the Davis Child Shelter, and also we sponsor kids at the Cross Lanes YMCA. So it's free to attend. Come on out! Lots of great things. We got a great silent auction. What twenty? We're doing twenty raffle items this year um so just lots of great stuff so um thanks for taking this opportunity to check out the touchdown city show this week and uh, don't forget swing by if you're listening on the radio and you want to catch it on the podcast check it out on your favorite podcast platform so for michael sussman Derek bailey avon coburn i'm anthony lewis and this is the Touchdown City Show. To hear more of the Touchdown City Show, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or Spotify.
1: The Touchdown City
0: Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City Podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.